Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. If you look at our culture in the United States today, in many parts of the world actually, There's very little place for God in the Bible and Christians and Jesus, the cross, the Ten Commandments, marriage, and prayer. The world system basically says this, cultures change, times are different, find a way to modify your Bible. Get your Bible to align with the culture and the way we live today. But that is wrong. Most of us have thought of the Antichrist as a particular person that is going to rise in the end times. That may happen, but in the passage that Pastor Mark is teaching today, John is talking about antichrists, and that many of them have already come. He's talking about people who are just anti-Jesus and anti-Christianity. We live in the last hour because we live in the time in between when Jesus came the first time, and he's going to come again. It's important for us to know what is truth and what isn't. Pastor Mark will encourage us to know the truth and not to deny it. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, let's join Pastor Mark in the book of Psalms, chapter 37, verse 23, for part one of our message entitled, Antichrists and Our Eroding Culture. It is important in life for you to know that God cares about the smallest detail of your life. God cares about the smallest details of our life. But then because that, well, he cares about it, he gives us the big picture. And you're going to see the big picture that's going to happen before the end of the world today. So we have the smallest details, and then we have the biggest picture. But both of those have to do with one word, truth. I'm going to give that to you today. But let me just talk to you a little bit about the smallest details. Give me two private things that have happened to us recently. Here's the verse I want you to understand. Psalm 37, 23 says this. The Lord directs the steps of the godly. He delights, not just doesn't care about it. He, he delights in every detail of their life. How many are glad that God cares about the smallest detail of your life this morning? Amen. Now, this is the back of my Camry. There's a pair of glasses and a set of keys. Not long ago, I got up one day and in the morning, took my Camry, I went and made a trip in the town for something, stopped at McDonald's and got a coffee. Came back home, drove in the garage, walked in the house, and my wife said, I can't find my keys and I can't find my glasses. <laughs> and I said, well, where in the world did you leave them last? He said, I, I don't know. I think maybe in the garage or in the yard, because I was working in the yard, had to take my glasses off because I was sweating, and I just got on it, I set my keys down, and I can't find them. I said, well, let's go see in the garage. And I walked out, we looked all around, and I walked to the back of my car. 
There's her glasses and the keys. I went all the way into town, stopped, got a cup of coffee and came all the way back and they never moved. (laughs) Hallelujah! (laughs) That's impossible. I mean, these light glasses never moved? How about the details of our lives, amen? Isn't that amazing? I had to take a picture of that sucker. You gotta be kidding me. The second thing happened was this. Uh, last Wednesday, as you know, Lynn and I came home from Asia and, and the flights are always long and we were like 30 hours getting home. And I got home last Wednesday night about 8.30. And within an hour, I had the worst pain I've ever had in my life. Way more than my open heart surgery. And I, I couldn't, I, man, all night long, it just pulled, pulled. And I was up all night long thinking, what in the world is this? So I finally got a hold of Dennis the next day and he says, well, from what you tell me, you have an abscess in one of your teeth. And he says, going to have to give you some antibiotics and drugs. And drugs, I'm used to drugs. It's, it's okay, a pharmacist, no big deal. So I started taking those. And after about 18 hours, I finally had a little relief. Well, I had to go in the next day. And I went in and he just said, by the way, I stopped right then. I didn't complain to the Lord. I said, thank you, Jesus, that I didn't have it while I was flying for 30 hours. <laughs> Do you understand what I just said? <laughs> so I went in and he says, sure enough, sepsis. So we have to get you to specialist. I have to do a root canal. You all been there, whatever. I said, no problem. I had one once way, way, way long ago because I have really good teeth. So the next day, the office called and said, uh, your appointment is a week this Thursday coming up, this Thursday coming up. So it was like 10 days. I said, okay, good. At least I'm going to get, you know, pain was going away. And, and the next morning and kind of toward the weekend, I just said, you know what? That was like Friday. I said, God, it would be neat for me to get in earlier so I can get this stupid thing over with and whatever, but it's up to you. It's no big deal. Well, this last Wednesday, I was getting ready to come to the office, and uh, I was about five minutes from walking out the door, and the telephone rang. I was in another room, and my wife answered it. And the spirit basically said to me, that's your dentist changing your appointment. And I went, no way. And I just felt like, what if that's the dentist? And I heard my wife say, well, I don't know. I'll go ask him. So she brings the phone in and says, they've had a cancellation. Can you be there in 35 minutes? (laughs) Hallelujah, I can be there in 35 minutes. So off I go. I get in the office, sit down, and eventually I fill all the paperwork out and crud and, and walk up and I said to the young lady, which I didn't know, and I said, Thank you for getting me in a week early. What a blessing. Well, she said, I have to tell you the story, Pastor Mark. (laughs) I said, oh, you come to the church? Well, quite often I have another church, but I usually come to your church. I said, well, that's cool. She said, when I made the appointment for you yesterday or last Friday, I said, God, he needs to get in earlier. So she's praying And I'm praying, and I'm all fixed a week early. How about that? That, That's from the Lord. And by the way, I got to talk to the dentist. He was, you know, a new age guy, and what a really great guy, terrific guy. Of course, I I couldn't talk to him too much, but I was in the chair three hours, and I ended by saying this, because he's a brilliant guy, a verse you can always use to anybody that has all these ideas about life. I said, without faith, It's impossible to please God. And you're going to one day just have to believe because you can't prove there's a God. I can't. 
And you can't prove to me there isn't a God. God designed us to live by faith. The smallest detail of our lives, God cares. But he also cares about end times. And I want to give you some teachings this morning, but I want to make a few statements up front. Our whole premise as a church, my premise personally, in this community and wherever I go as a Christian, is always, um, now listen to all the campuses, is always to be known for what we're for, not what we're against. I don't like being around people that are everything. I don't like being around people like that. I want to be known what we're for. The Bible is for us. In fact, Romans 8 says he's for us, he's not against us. But there are times in life that we have to be warned. Quite often during the summer that's coming up now, you'll hear this thing. Don't eat cantaloupes. Don't eat spinach. Fill with E. coli. Well, you're going to walk into a place and say, give me some of that E. coli cabbage. Let me just have some right here. No, you're going to go, thank you for removing it from the the menu. Well, I'm going to give you some things this morning that are kind of warnings. It's not negative. It's going to be kind of a dark picture of where we're at. But understand, this is positive. Understand me saying this from the beginning. When it's dark, a little bit of light really shines. That's the world we're in. And you're going to say today, it's all about truth. So it isn't negative, it's very positive, but, but there's some warnings that God wants to give us. Why? Because he loves us. So listen up as we go through scripture. First thing I want you to write today is what John writes about. He's going to write about a conflict. Truth versus error. So write this down at all of our campuses this morning. Truth matters. Belief matters. Every decision we make is involved with what we believe. Now, in our world today, we have some people that say this. It doesn't really matter what you believe as long as you believe it sincerely. That's foolishness. You would never go by that. See, what matters is not that you believe, but what you believe. So I want to teach you from John what you should believe from the scripture, and why you believe that. You need both. Now, the title for this weekend is Antichrist in Our Eroding Culture. The features, beliefs, behavior, and characteristics common to a group of people. It is through culture that eventually we, as people, define ourselves. In many respects, it's similar to our world system that, as you know, from last week is headed by Satan. Now, here in the United States, and of course in many parts of the world, we're living in an evil age where people simply, their philosophy of living is this, I'll do what I want to do, I don't care what you think. Well, because of that, we've seen our culture shift and erode dramatically, especially in the area of religious freedom. If you look at our culture in the United States today, and many parts of the world actually, there's very little place for God and the Bible and Christians and Jesus to cross the Ten Commandments, marriage and prayer. The world system basically says this, cultures change, times are different, find a way to modify your Bible. 
Get your Bible to align with the culture and the way we live today. But that is wrong. Everywhere you turn, we'll talk more about this next week, the world is trying to squeeze you into the way it thinks. If you watch CNN, if you watch Fox News, if you watch all these things, Pierce Morgan, I don't really care for the guy. Uh, I, I, you know, he's basically ungodly, but I, I was watching one of his programs because I knew Rick Warren was on. And I went, it was about homosexuality. We're not about that today. I'm just talking about truth. And here's what, here, here's what Pierce Morgan said. Both the Bible and the Constitution of the United States. I'd like to say to him, if you're not happy with that country, go back to London, London, would you just get out of here? Okay. That, that was extra credit. But, He says this, both the Bible and the Constitution were well-intended, but basically they're inherently flawed. Hence, we need to amend it. We need to change the Bible to match the lifestyle that we live. Rick Warren said this, who was against same-sex marriage, that's what they were talking about. Rick Warren said this, quote, not a chance. What I believe is flawed is not the Bible, it's human opinion. Why? Because it's constantly changing. And then Rick kind of added a little dig in there, which I loved. He said this, by the way, Pierce, the Bible always tells us the truth. Can I hear an amen for that? <laughs> well, Pierce didn't like it. And off they go. So I want you to understand something this morning. How, do we, how are we supposed to live in this world? Uh, take your Bible with me, all the campuses now. Everybody take your Bible. Just take your Bible, whatever. Whatever Bible you have. If it's your iPad, just put your iPad out there. That's good. Uh, I should put it right in front of your eyes now. Just right in front of your eyes. By the way, if you just turned in, we're not weird. We're, we're okay. Just, just wait. <laughs> I, want you, I want put it right in front of your eyes, and here's all I want to tell you. The Bible teaches us to look at life through the lens of the Bible. We don't look at life like culture. Culture can't define who we are. The Bible defines who we are. Why? Because it's all true. So that's why we teach the Bible. God gave us a roadmap for our life. Most of the world lives by speculation. Maybe you're here today and you're not a Christian. They have no clue what's going to happen in the end of the world. They're worried about global warming. There's going to be way more than global warming at the end of this world. It's like totally annihilation of the world. But we don't live by speculation. I'm going to tell you this week and next week how the world ends. We absolutely know how it ends. So we live by revelation. So that means that has a huge effect upon my life. Next thing I want you to write is this. Look at Correct living is rooted in correct belief. In other words, what is true? If I believe correctly then my life is going to be lived correctly. Last weekend, John talked about the end of the world as we know it. Remember he said this? The, the world is passing away. Well, now John moves on here in 1 John chapter 2, and he's going to tell us what is going to happen before the end of the world. The prophetic picture of what that looks like. The conditions of the world prior to the second coming of Jesus. So let's look at 1 John chapter 2 in your Bibles, all of our campuses, verse 18. Now put a little flyer there because you're going to come back to this verse seven or eight times during the teaching. I'm going to have you go somewhere else, but always come back to this. So either your finger or a notepad or something, put yourself there because that's where we're teaching. Now notice what John says. 
Dear children, this is the last hour. And as you've heard that the Antichrist, singular, one person, is coming, even now, in other words, in John's time, there are many small a Antichrists, plural. They've come. This is how we know it's the last hour. Now, when you see last hour, in other parts of the New Testament, you see this, last days or the end times in the Bible. All those are all the same. If 2,000 years ago, John writes this a little more than 2,000 years ago, and he says, we're living in the last hour. Let me ask you this morning, what are we living in? It's the last minutes. Can I hear an amen there? It's the last minutes. So in other words, pay attention. Now, when you think about it, what is the last hour? This hour, these last days, these, it, here's what it means. It's, it's this time period between the first coming of Christ and the second coming of Jesus Christ. That's the time period. So we're getting closer and closer. Of course, as we come to the second coming of Christ, there's some things that happened before that. There's a tribulation, there's Antichrist revealed, there's a rapture. So we're getting closer and closer and closer. So John declares that this time is coming. And he tells us that there's many antichrists, little a, which are false teachers. But notice where they're at. They're in the church. They're not outside the church. They're in the church. They are the forerunners, of which we'll talk about next week, the antichrist. We'll talk about that from Daniel and Revelation and some other passages. The, anti- the final false ruler empowered by Satan who will appear at the start of the tribulation. Now, that word anti, you kind of know anti against, but you need to write this. That original language has two ways to it says it. So write this down. It'll help you with the prophetic picture of what's happening. Anti can mean this, to oppose or be against Christ. Well, that's what these false teachers are, all the antichrist, plural. They're basically against Jesus. They oppose Jesus. They don't believe who the Bible says Jesus is. Antichrist, the antichrist that we see in the book of Revelation, his role is really this, to replace Christ. He's definitely against him. But his role is to replace Christ. Because from the beginning of time, the reason he fell was because he wanted to be worshipped. That's what he's going to try to do during that time. So the Antichrist is wants to, instead of Christ, he wants to replace Christ. Now, as I said, keep your finger there. Let's turn to Matthew chapter 24. Jesus spoke about these end times. Now, don't let anybody fool you by saying... Well, um, can you date the end times? No, I can't date the end times. But I can kind of give you a picture from Jesus as how close we're getting to it. We don't care about when it comes. We just need to be ready and to be witnesses in light. Now, John 24, when we go to Israel, we always teach from the Mount of Olives, and this is what we teach. Watch what happens. As Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives... Look at me just for a moment. Jesus had just said to his disciples, when you're on the Mount of Olives, in those days you could see the temple. And he says that temple is going to be destroyed. Not one stone will be left upon it. It was massive. And the disciples go, what? There's no way. Of course, in 70 AD, whew, totally wiped out. And then they go on and they say this. Tell us, 
When will this happen? When will that temple be destroyed? But they asked two other questions. Watch this. And what will be the sign of your coming? Your second coming. The first coming, he's already there. And what will be the sign of the end of the age? So the disciples wanted to kind of know what you and I do. What's it going to look like as we get near the end of time? Now, in the verses in between that, watch me, this is what Jesus says is going to happen. In the last days, there's going to be spiritual deception. There's going to be wickedness. There's going to be moral decay. And there's going to be these physical disasters. He said, well, Pastor Mark, I mean, that's been since the beginning of time. Yeah, but in verse 8, he tells us the sign to watch. Look at verse 8. All these... Spiritual deception, wickedness, moral decay, physical disaster. All these are the beginning of birth pains, labor pains. So what does Jesus use? He uses an analogy of a woman that's pregnant and in labor. The second sign, the sign of his second coming will be like that. Well, when a woman is in labor at the beginning, what happens as that progresses. Here's what you want to write. Two things happen. There's an increase in frequency of the pains. Those of you that are pregnant right now, you remember how, how many how many minutes, how often since the last contraction? How do you, there's an increase in frequency and there's more of this. Ah! Increase in intensity. Sorry to bring back memories to you, but that's that's what happened. Am I right? Am I right? Yeah. And then there's finally what? Whew, hallelujah. Delivery. And that delivery is the second coming of Jesus. So, Pastor Mark, what is Jesus saying? He's saying, as we get closer to the end, you're going to see more and more spiritual deception, more and more wickedness, more and more moral decay, and more and more physical disasters, insurrection, political instability, tornadoes, famines, earthquakes, hurricanes. Let me ask you a question. Are we seeing that now? We're seeing things that we have never, oh, we've seen them, but we've never seen them that close together. And we've never seen them like they are now. Let me show you what these recent headlines look like. Just a few, just a few. The nation of Belgium, there's a separate area of Belgium. They have erased, they're in the process, they've approved it now, all Christian holidays. And they're making them secular so they do not offend the the Muslims that live in their country. Wiped out. Second. Remember in the old days, the people that were homosexuals, that was, they were pretty much in the closet. Now, notice his headline. Sports and military put Christianity in the closet. Don't you talk to me about your Christianity. Not interested in your Christianity. Total reversal. Next, Boy Scouts to allow gay youths to join. Pastor Mark started the message with the statement, God cares about the smallest details. God also cares about end times. It may sound scary, but we all need to hear this warning. God wants us to hear about these warnings because He loves us. We must take these warnings to heart and be prepared. But we're also called to be light in the dark world we live because we have the truth and the truth matters. You've been listening to Lessons for Living, the teaching ministry of Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Each day here on Lessons for Living, we share messages that Pastor Mark taught at the main campus in Melbourne. 
Maybe you're listening right now in Brevard County and you don't have a home church. And today's message was exactly what you were looking for. Join us for worship. We meet at the Melbourne and Vieira campuses on Saturday night at 6 p.m. and Sunday morning at 8.30 and 10.45 a.m. And those in the Sebastian area can join us Saturday nights at 6 p.m. and Sunday mornings at 10.45 a.m. For more information, call us toll-free at 866-779-3441. That's 866-779-3441. Or log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the link to the church website. Now be sure and tune in next time as Pastor Mark tells us what the end times looks like. It may be a scary topic to hear, but as Christians, we need to be on guard for these events. The Bible calls these birth pains. We see these birth pains happening more and more as we get closer to our Savior's return. Pastor Mark will share with us recent headlines to show us how close we really are getting to His return. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in and may God bless you. And together, let's do life right. has seen and our ears have heard his word made flesh in a hurting world a new hope he is giving lord let us hear your lessons for living